Welcome to another episode of the Evolution Exchange, a platform that we've created to bring the Nordic community together. My name is Paul Hackett, and I'm your host. Hi, everyone. This is Chris Bennett here, the Nordic's Managing Director here at Evolution. We're committed to doing recruitment in a different way that adds value to both our clients and candidates by providing you with amazing speakers and leading edge discussions on what's going on in the tech scene at the moment. There are three reasons why you should contact me. If you would like to speak on a future podcast, if you are interested in hiring awesome tech data product or gaming freelancers for your business, or if you are looking for an exciting new organization to work with, please get in touch. Thank you so much for listening, and I really hope to hear from you soon. Please enjoy the rest of the podcast. Right, so we're now live. Uh, we're on the Evolution Exchange, and today we're at Star Stable's office in Stockholm, and we'll be speaking with the CTO and Game Director, Jane Schoolman. Um, so do you want to do some intros? Sure. My name is Martin Blomgren. I'm CTO at Star Stable. I've been here for four years and took this role two years ago, uh, yeah, on a daily basis. My, my main focus is to make sure that we can distribute and produce our games and push it out. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, Jane uh, Skolman, uh, n- not the game director, but ex- executive producer for Star Stable Online. Uh, and um, the, the, the difference here is that I don't uh, decide on so much of what is going out, more how it's going out. So I collaborate a lot with, with Martin, uh, especially when it comes to sort of... Um, our cadence of, of, of weekly updates um, and uh, as executive producer I also have a lot of producers uh, doing this with me of course uh, and um, all the producers has also different areas stretching from tech to, to content. Yeah. So obviously everybody's well most people watching this will have at least heard of Star Stable but um, may not know how successful the game has been and the background and where you come from so if we go back into uh, obviously, it's twelve years anniversary later on this year in Septemberish, I believe. September, yes. yes. Yeah. So obviously, if we're looking back to where you've come from, from a player base or from a like a player count or geographic locations, like you want to just give some insight on where you've come from there. Oh, I mean, the game is built and produced in Stockholm, uh, and when it all started back in the days, it was uh, distributed uh, from the office by itself to Swedish players uh, from that time. I mean, we have grown a lot. Uh, we're now 100% uh, based in the cloud. We're distributed across the globe, except for Asia and China. Uh, the number of players has growing every year since the start. Uh, of course, the pandemic helped us a lot as well. That basically changed the business, I would say. Yeah. yeah. Can you repeat the question again? Uh, it's, so it's a lot that it's Martin more... covered, so I, I, I lost yeah, a bit. So of... It's more about like where you guys have come from yeah. over, you know, we're coming up to the 12-year anniversary. So, you know, obviously that player growth has been massive, but you said that the pandemic was a big boom for Star Stable. What, ex- what exactly was the key factors there? Wow. Yeah, that's a really good question. But I mean, to start with, I think, I mean, everyone went from school to start uh, staying at home. What should they spend their time on? Of course, playing games. And I mean, from that perspective, that had a huge impact on us. And we basically had to throw everything aside and just make sure that when the pandemic hit, just keep the game alive and make sure that we can grow at the same pace as the amount of players that were coming in. Yeah. Uh, if the question was sort of what, what did we do during the pandemic, uh, I, I guess it was more what, what our players were not doing. Uh, so there were a lot of new players finding the way into Star Stable. So it's not like you were doing anything differently. It was just circumstances. I think it was more circumstances. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, yeah, it was more circumstances that players were sort of uh, had the time to, to right. interact more with digital sort of uh, entertainment rather than being doing something else so. yeah, and, and to some extent it also i mean if, if we did something different we actually stopped doing things the normal way because we had to focus on other topics that just popped up basically keeping the things alive and make sure that we can distribute it to the players yeah. you said there were some areas of asia china where you're not active 
at yeah. the moment. Is there a specific reason behind that, or it's just not been targeted as strongly as the other areas? I think we have a server set up that was first based in uh, Europe. Uh, since we're come, the Sweden was the first country we, we, which we launched in, uh, and then we grew in Europe. So we are pretty strong today in Germany and in Poland, for example. Um, but we are also present in a lot of other sort of European countries. So I would say we cover Europe. Yeah. Then US was the next, uh, and that also then included uh, South America uh, and also Canada. And uh, so we have a strong presence today in in US, and and that's also marketing that that we are targeting. Then we had a couple of servers uh, that are has spread regions. So it, it's Eastern Europe, uh, Western Europe, uh, that also do include Asia. So we do have players from Asia that is playing the game, but we have not actively entered the markets of, of, of Asia. So they're just joining the local yeah. services that you've already got set up. So they are playing in English, so we don't have any localization uh, on any Asian language, uh, as Korean or Japanese or Chinese. Um, and of course, that is interesting. Uh, and I think a lot of game companies is today looking at that area, uh, especially if you're an MMO. And yeah. co- the Korean market for MMO is, is quite interesting. Um, but it also... Uh, it's an effort, and I think we have focused more on um, distributing the game to more platforms rather than to more markets. So as we we'll get into that today a little yeah. bit, as well. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, of course, Asia is interest, uh, and it's not that we have avoided it uh, because of, of any problems. But it's more that we have worked with other uh, markets first. Yeah. Other other priorities. Yeah, simple. It's understandable. So also from a you know a technical standpoint, you have your own game engine. Um, surely there's been some challenges along the way with the growth of the company as well and the steep incline that you had over the past couple of years. What have been some challenges that you've had to overcome there? Whoa, there's a lot of them, of course. But I mean, since, since, <laughs> since the full game is produced and built in-house, I mean, we do everything from our servers to the engine to all the tools. For game development around the engine uh, to all the creative sides uh, i mean adding more platforms of course is is gonna be a tough hit for this uh, you have different requirements for different platforms different screens different memories different performance uh, different platforms or distribution ways different ways of building and tying the things together so i mean adding adding more platform is always adding more complexity and a lot more work. Because you were talking about the just before we actually started this, you were talking about how Android has so many different sizes and performance requirements around there. So, is there anything in, in a bit more detail around that, um, which is specific to those kind of challenges? I would say one of or two of the big things that we found when we started to to, to port or migrate the game uh, to Android. I mean, we released it on iOS a year ago, March last year. Uh, and Apple products are very much more aligned on how they look and how they perform. Uh, as soon as we stepped into Android, we saw a lot of different opportunities or things we needed to sort out. Memory was, of course, one of them, but also performance. And when it comes to the different layouts of them, UI scaling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything yeah. to add on that? Yeah, I, I think not so much uh, on the platform side, but uh, when we started, I think the expectations, 12 years ago, the expectations would not have a, a worldwide MMO that was played by uh, plus 700,000 monthly active users. Uh, it was more like, oh, can we reach 100,000 users in total? We are happy. And, and I think it went quite fast when they, I wasn't here at the time, but w- when they sort of passed that number. And um, so the engine was built for a sort of a, a smaller experience and also building uh, sort of content. We, we are not removing content in that sense that the game, uh, we're removing uh, content that is broken, but we're not removing sort of the experience. So everything is still there. Um, so the game is also growing, um, which is then, of course, interesting to port it to, to another platform that is mobile. Yeah. And you've got, obviously, you're maintaining a, a live service game for as long as you, you have um, with the challenges of the different platforms that you're having to you know, you know, make it available for. Um, but you do something like weekly updates and weekly releases, which some of the larger larger MMO companies like Blizzard, they can sometimes struggle with that uh, from a release perspective. How do you guys find it? 
Yeah, in our business model, uh, you can be a star rider, you can subscribe, or uh, you can pay once. Uh, but in that promise, uh, we promise to update the content once per week. And it could be a small uh, update, or it could be like today, which is a pretty huge update, so I'm a bit nervous to sit putting here. <laughs> uh, uh, and today we're, we're changing sort of how you relate to your horse, for example. Uh, but yes, uh, it, it is, uh, we, we call it Wednesday updates, uh, so it's happened every Wednesday. Uh, and usually we don't have meetings on Wednesday uh, just because of that uh, in order to sort of um, monitor that everything is going going as expected. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of planning, a lot of collaboration and making sure that this goes out and then also, of course, to follow up. Um, so the, one of the few meetings that we do have is a follow-up meeting later to, to see how it went and, and what was needs to be fixed or adjusted and also, of course, the outcome uh, of the release. Is there anything else around the maintenance? Obviously, you're doing your weekly uh, releases, but to generate that much content where you're actually able to do a weekly release, how are you planning for that um, as a company? I, I mean, I, I would take it one step back uh, and actually start discussion. I mean, efficiency or the ways we work. In the end, I mean, we always have to reflect on what we're doing and why we're doing it. And are we doing it the right way? And if we're not, we really need to reinvent ourselves quite a lot and quite often because otherwise we will just start blocking ourselves. And the same goes down to, from a technical perspective, the tools we're building for our engine. I mean, of course, we need to build the features that is needed by the studio side. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we will just waste uh, capacity on the tech side, building stuff that we really don't need. So all of these goes hand in hand and are very tied together. And we, we really need to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. as often as we can. We have uh, layers within our roadmap, uh, one that we call foundation, and foundation is things that are, we're pretty good at doing them, like horses, for example. That That is that is a returning item. And Glad that you're good at horses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that is happening um, with a regular cadence. Same goes for festivals. Festivals is quite big for us. We, we do four larger ones and, and, and a couple of smaller ones uh, during a year. So we also have a certain type of content that are optimized for being released uh, on a regular basis. Um, And then we have a a layer where we are introducing new features uh, that are to become sort of the core foundation uh, of it. And for example, that is today where we're uh, um, releasing a new sort of mechanics. Um, That is, of course, more scarier because that is not something that we are doing uh, like every way. So we also see the content in a different light. And then we also have the, the larger tech changes, of yeah. course. That is super scary. And that, that is also today. <laughs> <laughs> so it's quite, quite tense. I totally get yeah. that. So what about from a creative standpoint? Obviously, you um, reinventing the wheel, coming mm-hmm. up with new ways of running the game and getting new features out there for the players to experience um but on that frequency as well like how do you go about coming up with new ideas all the time is there a big um push on the employees and everybody to kind of like come up with ideas and self-generate or are there certain key players that are more responsible what's the general way that you go about it uh, we're trying to to explore how to do this to utilize all ideas within the company uh, this company is passion driven. Uh, we have two passion weeks, for example, that is a lot of ideas is, is generated. So uh, coming up with ideas is not the problem in this company. We have a lot of ideas. Uh, it's more like the execution and getting out to the players. So they actually create okay. value. Uh, and uh, here's where sort of uh, we need to have a good technical foundation in order to sort of to get it out, but also good ways of working in order to scope and iterate uh, in a way where we are sort of um, we, we can release something uh, without spending like two years uh, on the feature. So, uh, and that is learning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so in this, yes, different players has this different roles. We have uh, our directors that is setting the direction. This is what the game should, should look like. This is w- what the game is all about. Then we have sort of um, my team, the producers that have, are having the team and having communication on a daily basis with the team, what, what the different craft thinks is possible to do. 
and how to do them best. Right. Yeah. And I totally agree. I mean, the ideas or the amount of ideas is not the issue. We have so many cool ideas that we that so, we really want to do, but getting them in place and understanding how it will affect the game on all different platforms, but also, of course, I mean, take Windows. We have a lot of old computers and a lot of new computers on the, uh, on the, on the player base. We need to make sure that it works on all of them. So adding a feature could be, I mean, making these things not go hand in hand. And mm. we need to find those things early in the process. Otherwise, we're wasting time on something that we're not able to release. Would you say that's the biggest challenge? Because as you are saying earlier, the, a lot of the player base are playing on um, phones and laptops that are previously owned by the parents that they've been handed down to the players themselves, which may not be like the latest in technology or anything from a performance standpoint. So if from a creative standpoint, we're getting loads of ideas from the players and the employees, and there's just a big buzz around there. Yeah. But you've got all these like technical challenges. Like, Where's the biggest roadblock for you guys? I, I think it's a combination of a lot of these things you're mentioning. Of course, old computers or devices is a blocker for us, at least in certain uh, cases. But uh, it also creates a lot of uh, quite tough discussions uh, for the product by itself. I mean, if we're taking this decision or building this feature that requires a newer kind of hardware, for instance, how many players do we lose or do we have to communicate with to make them upgrade to newer hardware or software? So, Which is a big challenge. <laughs> Another challenge is, of course, and then I'm going back 12 years in time, is the expectations. Uh, so... We didn't expect to be on this many platforms. We didn't expect to have this many players. But that, that so that is good that the expectation was succeeded. Um, but with that said, uh, the game is built in a way where everything is hosted in 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 sort of the same builds and and in the same um, uh, repository. Uh, so everything is very coupled to, to each other. Uh, so that is, of course, when it, uh, we want to release something, we need to release everything um, at the same time. Mm -hmm. So a huge sort of um, um, project that we have sort of started is to try to decouple so, so many things so we can release stuff standalone. Mm -hmm. um, today we can do that with the website, for example, that has a completely different tech ecosystem and also the launchers uh, and so on. But when we talk about the game uh, and um, yeah, everything surrounding the game, including the servers, uh, that, that is the same sort of release. So yeah. regardless if we do a fix in, in the server, we need to sort of do the whole ceremony. Uh, and that is a challenge. Yeah, yeah. And, and, um, and I mean, looking back, I mean, that was actually one of the decisions made back in the time that we are now reevaluating if we should do something different. Because back in the days, we, we, we said that, yes, the game needs to be cross-platform. So if you play on PC, you should be able to move and start playing on your device instead with the same account. That's not something we want to remove, but that's something that creates complexity in-house when we're building and producing the game, which forces us and pushing us in a direction that we must improve and make our processes on how we build and distribute the game more dynamic. Yeah, I mean, so, you, I mean, when you're bringing new people into the business, then how obviously all of this is going on at the same time, you're having these weekly updates, which is... Mm -hmm roadmaps must be at least a few months into the future of what's going to be released so it's not like every week you're like struggling to figure out what's going on and um, for new people that join and get onboarded into star stable um at what point do they have the ability to like have that creativity and rather than they join in on an existing roadmap at what point would they be able to then get involved and come up with some fresh ideas of their own that they could eventually see integrated into the game. I, I think you can see that from two perspectives. I mean, the good thing when, when new people come in and start at the company and the product, I mean, they come in with fresh eyes. So they are not stuck in our patent. So they can have really good ideas, I would say, from day one. And, and the more they share and the more they understand, I mean, the more we can use these ideas as well. So I, I would say that starts day one because eventually you will, I mean, it takes time. It's a 12-year-old product. It, it's a lot of complexity and legacy in there, so it, it takes time to learn. So yeah, and uh, I think it also depends sort of uh, how you want to sort of contribute with new ideas. Uh, if it's purely game ideas, yes, then it's a certain sort of process to to to, to get them in. And um, but within those ideas, you can change uh, how we're doing things and how they are executed, for example. 
So if that is of interest, you have a lot of freedom to do yeah. it. So uh, within a festival, for example, we never know exactly what's going to go on with a festival. So if you come in as a new designer, you can't change that we are going to do a festival. But you can change some elements of the festival yes. itself. Um, but at the same time, uh, still stay true to our sort of promise to our players uh, and design principles, of, of course. So there are limitations, but within those limitations, you can be creative. Uh, and I think it was Google that said sort of that boundaries is good for creativity. So uh, we're trying to sort of see, uh, can you be creative within what you got? Well, it's a very, you know, unique game, isn't it? You know, you've already got like the the blueprint. Um, mm -hmm. It would be very interesting if somebody suddenly came in and wanted to put spaceships in there. It wouldn't make sense. So obviously there is a, <laughs> no, like a no. bubble that it needs to remain with it. But but I, th I think that I even if that, that was that funny, sure. I, I think there's truth in it because the, the, the we are a non-violent game, for example. So we are not looking for adding violence into the game. So if that is part of your idea, mm. that, that won't... That that won't come alive. No, that won't fly. No, but it you know it's always appealing. So obviously our networks are all filled with like other designers and developers and other people that work in the industry. So there's always people that are looking for that next opportunity. So hearing that when they could potentially join Star Stable, whether it be in you know in a month or you know that could be a future prospect for them. Hearing that they can have some impact relatively early on is sometimes a big deal for especially the people that are very creative whether they're you know an artist or a developer that want to make an impact and yeah. um, that's always good yeah I, I would say if you're super creative and super passionate about uh, performance uh, improvement optimization and then you have a lot of freedom <laughs> <laughs> just open house <laughs> open house yeah yeah brilliant so when it comes to the future we are going to be speaking a little bit about one of the announcements that you've got today yeah. uh aside from that are there any like big plans that you've got which can be public knowledge that you want to be getting and pushing towards um by the end of this year we have teased a bit about it but uh, since we are an mmo we have put focus on one of the m's uh and that is the multiplayer m uh, mm -hmm. within the game and so there will be more opportunities for interaction between players uh exactly how i won't reveal but but we're moving more to multiplayer today is you can interact in championships you can have your own club uh, and of course you can socialize with your friends uh, but there will be more uh, multiplay in our pushing more into like the yeah. cooperative gameplay yes, yes, side of yes, things. Yes. That's all very nice. Yeah, really. And we that is actually to, to sort of follow up with your previous question. That uh, was born during a passion uh, week. So that is new sort of designers coming in, new um, tech people coming in, collaborating and finding a way that we didn't th thought was possible. Cool. Okay. So you guys have a announcement uh, that you wanted to reveal today. Um, on here, yeah. <laughs> Let's push it out there. Uh, so a bit more than a year ago, we released the game on the new platform iOS, so it was available on iPhone and iPads. And we are super happy and proud to announce today that we are releasing it in early access in Sweden on Android. So it's specifically Sweden only from today uh, in early access. How long will it sit in that early access phase? Let, let's frame it like this. The, the, the idea is to get it out globally as quick as possible. Yeah. But of course, we, we, we need to check the data, look at the data, and understand how well the game is performing. Yeah. But if everything turns out the way we want, yeah. the sooner the better, I would say. So if everything goes well after what, a week or two in early access in Sweden, then you'll slowly start branching out to the other areas around the uh, let's uh, slack me in two weeks and I will tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if I don't get a response, it means it's not going to happen. Yeah. Also, to, to follow up what Martin is saying, if it goes well, it's we're not going to keep it just for the sake of it. We want to give our players the opportunity to play on Android, definitely. But there are a lot of cases, uh, corner cases with, with the technology and right now performance. Uh, and we do want the, uh, the game to be able to be played as well. So, yeah, yeah we wanted to feel it. It's one of the hardest yeah. ones to crack. Yeah. yeah, and there's a lot of different manufacturers and vendors and devices and versions of Android. So 
We need to make sure that it's... So we are lucky. There are a couple of people that have just started that are uh, equally interested in performance that I am. Um, so they are doing magic. Uh, that is super cool uh, how they can find things to optimize uh, w- within the code base that are uh, sort of in, in the state that are is, uh, and they are improving it. So where, while it's in its early access phase, does that mean that the current players have the opportunity to try it out or would it be like a whole new account creation for the time being this is i think where we are super proud you can go with your existing account that you have in sweden and just log in on android just not playing yeah at the same level that you are but you can also create a new account if you want to so the interactions will be completely yeah Yeah. same friends same club cross play cross play yeah that's always good especially but when you say something early access sometimes you're trying to like keep it isolated for a time being but the early access is going to be part of the the main game yes. and people can just go dig straight in. Yeah, same content, same features. Yes, exactly. Like playing yeah. Brilliant. So obviously, you know, um, this is part where we can actually jump into a little bit of Q&A. So I'm sure Harry can start pinging across some questions to me if he has the opportunity to do so. Um, you got one? Just do a normal Q&A. I have a question, if that's okay. Yeah. So, in terms of the push to Android, can you just speak on why? Like why now? Like, why are we doing the Android push now? Like, why are we doing it in just Sweden? Why is it important that we get this right? Okay. So, I'll repeat it just in case it didn't come through there. So, the question around why are we push? Why the push to Android specifically today? Um, is what were the challenges around that? Um, yeah, and why have you chosen Sweden? I know this is your hometown, but uh, do you have just a little bit of info on that? I mean, we released a game on iOS a bit more than a year ago. I mean, the I mean, the next step on that journey is, of course, to release it on Android. So from that perspective, it it's very natural to take that step. We have worked really, really hard for a year to get it on this platform and make sure that we have a good and great gaming experience. Um, and we feel that we are ready. And yeah. Possible. So, uh, as, as Jan said, I mean, it's not something we want to keep in house. We want to get it out as soon as possible so players can start enjoying it. Yep. And was it like a call to action from the players originally where they said they wanted to play it on mobile, or was this like an internal decision that was made? Because obviously, it's all stuff where we started out as like a, a PC yeah. based game. Um, I mean, look, looking at kids today, I mean, we're building a game for, for kids, and looking at kids today, I mean, all of them have devices or tablets. Yeah. So it, it it's it's quite natural to be there as well. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think as a growth sort of initiative and strategy, um, looking at different platforms is part of it. And this was also once upon a time, uh, way back, um, a passion project. It's several years. Is it possible to take an old PC game built on an in-house engine to mobile? That was the question during a passion, and it was. So it was a proof of concept that was built, and then we started to sort of, maybe we should actually do something with this. And in parallel, we, we see the sort of the mobile explosion uh, for games uh, in general. Yeah. So then it's like, okay, we, we, we apparently we are not wrong in order to put a game uh, on mobile. So there's probably a business case here as well. So we started to look at that, and, and then iOS was the sort of... Um, the platform that we choose to do first, but we, that has always been the plan all along that Android should follow. Yeah. But we, we didn't want to start with Android due to the complexity of Android. Are there any platforms that you're missing now at this point? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a platform that's next on? Obviously, I know you've only just got to the point of releasing yeah. this one. But is there a, a plan beyond Android? And so you've done the iOS, you've done the Android, you've got the PC. Is there a conversation around potentially going down the whole console route and really pushing them. That, that, um, let's say there's a plan, absolutely, yes. Yeah. Uh, but again, as I mentioned before, adding a new platform also adds complexity, yeah. which, I mean, in, in the end, we need to reinvent the wheel again to make sure that we're more efficient and can work faster and do better things on all the platforms. So adding is also adding a lot of extra work for the team. So we need to make sure that they are and to keep that cross-play functionality mm-hmm. between mobile and PC is challenging enough to then incorporate then the whole yeah and the whole and the whole quality thing around it. We, we, I mean, we want the game to be as good as on Android as it is on iOS or Windows or Mac. Hundred percent. 
it, I, I would say it's not not inter- interesting to, to to go to a console sort of platform uh, but uh, as Martin says it's adding complexity on so many levels so uh, we, we will most likely for this year uh, see what we need to improve with existing platforms uh, and go from there take it from there yeah so what do you think has been the biggest challenge for you this year then? Um, has, it, has it been mostly focused around this um, platform release? Has there been any other like key things that you've been trying to implement? Yeah, I, I, I'm thinking now when you said, can you reveal something else for this year? Uh, I've, th- this is so interesting how you can forget something that you're working very sort of... Every day. Every day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but maybe that's that's why um, uh, we have uh, shared sneak peeks. We have done a, a beta test for a new um, player avatar within the game. So that is also uh, hopefully uh, going to be released before summer. Uh, we haven't set sort of uh, an official date uh, yet, but uh, it's close. Very cool. So, so that that we have done a lot of changes uh, the first sort of uh, six months uh, of this year. So the next sort of six months is more like... Uh, taking it slow that doesn't mean that we are not doing wednesday updates it's still cool things coming out but yeah. maybe not as uh, sort of changing like yeah. some the bigger update because there's quite a lot of big updates happening yeah. yes. this year yeah. the small the other weekly updates yeah. will tend to be maybe like reskins and and, and so on smaller events and stuff so we're actually not doing that much of reskins um uh, it, it's more for, for the items clothes and, and stuff like that but uh, all the horses are sort of uh, their own they have their own animations they have their own textures uh, and so so on so but uh, and will this new player model be available straight away on the mobile platform that's it sort of yes. Yes. All, all, all platforms at the same yeah. time so if you want to create a new character on your device or if you want to do it on the web all of them is going to be up so it's not like it's been optimized specifically for the PC, and if you want to change your character, you've got to do it from that platform. No. It's been already been crossplay. Yeah. So today's release with Android uh, is also forcing us to sort of have already tested everything that is going to be released for the next month and for summer um, on the, on this platform as well. So uh, that's why performance also is so uh, super key that nothing is going to break uh, when we are adding. Uh, is this something that you found that the players have asked for? Because obviously, I know that you've said that the vast majority of your players are between the ages of 10 and 12. How do you get the feedback from them uh, on what it is that they want to incorporate into the game? Uh, we have a huge community, uh, and they're vocal, which we are happy for. And they let us know both when they are happy and when they are unhappy. But is it more the older players that tend to vocalize what they want to be included, especially if it's like technical related, like they want to, as we were talking about? But for the younger generation of players, they might not know that they have the ability to provide feedback or where to go about it. So how do you reach out to them to get that feedback? Is it from like face-to-face events or is it within the game itself yeah it, it is an interesting challenge uh, especially with the younger player because then it's a the lot of compliance rules that we need to follow so we can't ask them things uh due to their age so we we, we don't know if they are sort of minors or or uh above 13 or 16 depending on countries uh, so in social media it's most likely more older players because their parents are not there but uh, i would assume that it, it's it's not only sort of uh, teenagers on on the higher uh, range, uh, it, it's below uh, thirteen, I would assume. But a lot of input comes from social media, um, and we have tools like XP um, that is also collecting a lot of input and sentiments uh, from not only our uh, social media platforms, uh, also sort of Reddit, for example. But th- then we are absolutely talking about all the all the players. We do have an in-game survey. We have a possibility to, and that is new. Uh, and it took, took taking us a long time to tailor this uh, due to compliance. Yeah, so we do, are not collecting any personal data, any age, and so on. So it, it, it's so a bit quite tricky. Careful. Uh, exactly how you get feedback. And, and to take it back, I mean, we, we, we said it before, but I mean, this comes as well from from a passion week or a passion Friday back in the days. And I mean, I've been here four years, and there's always been discussion around the avatar and what what's the next step for it. Yeah, and now we're here. Yeah, 
it's also uh, the, the avatar is also a, a director decision uh, the avatar when we released it, it, it is very uh, sort of stereotyped uh, and uh, we didn't want to be that as a game uh, we want sort of our players to be able to to choose sort of who they are with, within uh, sort of the female avatar uh, and so more body uh, body types more skin tones uh is now offering and also different sort of face in, in general uh, and the makeup to the face as, well. as a company one of if not the most diverse company uh, yeah. from an employee perspective uh, in stockholm so yeah. incorporating those uh, you know the fundamentals of who you, and your culture yeah. into the game itself i yeah. believe is quite important not just for, from a player perspective yeah. but your own personal yeah. wants and needs as a, yeah. as a group so so, so some of, of the, the body types is also more uh, towards the male sort of shapes, uh, not being male, but more to the male shapes. We also have beards uh, in the game that you can add to your avatar, so we don't judge. Uh, super cool. <laughs> in that sense. So, um, so, so that is also part of the directors. This is sort of that we want the game to be, uh, not just sort of having one type uh, yeah. of, uh, of avatar. But of course, uh, every time a, a big company is changing something, uh, the player base will be upset. Yeah, yeah of course. That's Fully. just the unavoidable yeah. nature yes. of always yes. big yes. gaming scene. Yes. You're never going to get around that. No. But it's just very interesting that the game is nearly like 12 years old now. And it's not like the game is slowing down. If anything, year by year, you're actually ramping up even mm-hmm. more now. And most games, uh, at least as from myself as a as a gamer, like they ha- they peak early mm-hmm. and then they kind of fall off. At which point, later in new iterations of the game come out and try and revitalize mm-hmm. that. But it sounds like it's almost like the opposite view. Like more of a slow burning start, and then boom, and here, and here we are, even after ten years, we're aiming for another decade. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, I think there's a lot of potential. Uh, it's um. You usually say you, you come for for the horses, but you stay for the community. So um, the length of our players is beyond uh, four years, for example. Uh, so the lifetime uh, that, that you're staying and in order to play the game is pretty long. Uh, so you just not abandon the game as soon as you're done with the, the main story. You play for so many different reasons. You play for, for the story, of course, but you also come and play for the horses. So some of them are not even interested in, in, in the quests. Yeah, we still have players from 2012 in the game. Jesus. It's, I mean, it's, it's a success story, for sure. Yeah. Uh, for definite. Um, Harry, do we have another question? Yeah? Is it? That... So I can read this. Yeah. How do you keep experienced players playing the game whilst making it exciting for a new player based uh, following up? It, it's a super good question, and, and that is something that we discuss uh, on a weekly basis. How, how do we cater to, to, to both new players and to uh, old players? And we look at data, of course. Uh, we discuss a lot of what, what is our end game. And today, the older players that stays around are in clubs. Um, they actually create their own games, so we give them tools in order to create their own experience. So you can make mini-games... I can't say. Uh, in the paradox, uh, as you can train with your club, and there's dressage sort of settings that you can use in order to create your own routines. So that is a, a part of the end game. We also have a huge championship sort of uh, section uh, of the game that people are defending their positions in championships, and, and they are they only log in in order to, to run the championships. End game, late game content. Yeah. yeah. And, and then there are the players that only log in when we have a new main quest, for example. So, so the, the, also the end game players are a bit different. And, so, and, and we're trying to, to cater to, to some of their uh, needs. And for the new players, um, they have a f- full new experience. Uh, and we can see that there is a, like a smorgasbord mm. coming in and to choose <laughs> between all the horses and just to have the experience of, of the quests. So for the new players, they all they have the whole story in front of them, and so it's more like telling them that they have this uh, amazing adventure. Yeah, and, and, I, and adding new platforms is definitely targeting new players. Yeah, I was gonna say like yeah. challenges around retention of the new players, but obviously if you're in a in a nice incline right yeah. now, then th- those challenges probably aren't as noticeable. Um, yeah. So yeah, fantastic. Do we have a, another one? Yeah. 
Next question. So how do you handle unexpected technical issues or emergencies that may arise during the operation of a live service game? So this is more for the studios out there. If there's any tips? I mean, in the end, of course, it depends on what kind of issues we're seeing. Uh, a year ago, we did this company's biggest data migration ever. And the, basically, the only reason we did it was to separate all the different game regions in Europe. So if we have an issue in Germany, it should not affect Swedish players. Makes sense. That, that, that's one way of doing it. And that was a year ago. Uh, this year, uh, this game, as I mentioned, started distribution from the office, then from a data center, then from cloud. Now we're on our third cloud journey. We have almost moved everything from a game platform perspective into what's called serverless, which basically means that it can scale up and down by itself. Um, and two months back, if we are detecting automatically errors on our game servers, instead of waking people up or uh, forcing manual work, we, we fix them automatically from the side. Is there an example of a, an issue which affected the live service um, that you've had this year, for example, and what that was and what that did to get things back up and running? Coming back to the platforms continuously, but I mean, uh, more platforms mean more, more complexity. And as long as the bugs are on the content, scripts, quest, that kind of sign, we can actually hotfix or patch it more or less immediately from the side. So it's not it, like you need to shut no. the whole servers down. It can just be like a integrated and just... So we try to keep as much as possible right. on those side. And uh, when it's connected to code, we need to be very aware uh, that we have good testing, that we are automating as much as we can, and that we, they have passed through our different test environments. Yeah. Because as soon as we touch code, the process is a lot slower, especially with uh, iOS and Android on top. Yeah, on a more on a detailed level, we're using a lot of feature flags. Uh, on the server side, we, we can uh, switch on and off features that we're testing, so we can also test them by region. So that prevents a lot of accidents sort of uh, in, in live. So I would say looking at feature flag is, is this coming from a studio. I think that is, is a very good way to, to handle stuff. We also have them on the client, but then we can't switch them on for regions. We, then we can only switch them on or off uh, for the whole game. Um, but Fisher Flag has been a, a, a very interesting tool for us uh, in order to avoid uh, sort of uh, hotfixes. But if something happens in live, we do have a process for hotfixing. Yeah, I, just, I just like how even by region, you're able to kind of like differentiate what's going on. If there's an issue here, it's not really going to impact uh, other regions as aggressively. Um, and that data migration that you did was a big part of you actually being able to do that and not shut down the entirety of Europe in one go, for example, if there's a problem in France or so on. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, Harry? Next question, which is on select. Practically, how do we maintain creativity and innovation with such a long-term service games we've been out for a decade you have touched on this but i'm wondering if there's any other practical things that you do yeah so we have the uh, passion weeks um is how often do you have them what is there anything else that you do as a company to incorporate creativity into the game i, I would say passion weeks and passion fridays are absolutely part of this but it's also continuously talking about the mindset that we need to reinvent the wheel we need to be changing we need to do stuff in another way continuously because if we do something today tomorrow might be the wrong way of doing it that that, that needs to go into our mindset and that doesn't matter if it's on the technical side or if it's architectural technical side or if it's on the content or design side we, we continuously need to improve these things otherwise we're going to get stuck and basically blocking ourselves because we are releasing every week and we know it's tough also uh let's see if i can explain in in a good way without sort of a presentation but um <laughs> We are trying to also incorporate a lot of thinking from a lot of different uh, parts of the organization. So right now, for example, we are already talking about 2024 more sort of on what, what, what is the must to have? What should we not do that didn't sort of was not a good idea for this year, but uh, that we should stop doing? And um, this happened in different groups on different levels. So we start out with the directors and then it's moved to the producers and also the different teams. And then to feedback back to the directors. So it's, it is a collaboration where we are looking at sort of 
adding in new things, things that works, and things that removing things that are not working at all. Um, and uh, we, we, we started out uh, last year with a, a new process for this, and now we refine that process as well. Uh, so we're constantly looking at things to 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 add uh, and to incorporate to the game, um, and we also encourage people to play the game, of course, because a, a lot of things sort of spark from playing the game. If it doesn't work for you, it most likely won't work for the for the players as as well. Um, and every time we also start a new project, and this is where we come to sort of the the. Um, uh, having restraints but still be creative we always start as some of the like a festival for example we always start with the discovery we even do that with horses so there's always an opportunity to add in new things uh within the festival or within those sort of restrictions so it's not like you just are giving a task do a horse it should be black it should have animations you're doing a discovery with this horse and, and i didn't know anything about horses when i started here uh, but now I know a lot more. And for example, um, there's trends in horses uh, and how you sort of uh, breed them. Uh, and uh, that, so there are breeds that have different sort of, um, come from different sort of parents uh, and that will show different than in their gates and in, in, the, in the, their coats, etc. So they do a lot of discovery on how this specific breed should act in, in the game. And of course, so not every horse has that exact same gait and like animation within the game. If you've got different breeds of horses within the game, they yeah, yeah. So the, the, there are if you have the Atlantic horse, for example, they have something called trot. Uh, oh, sorry, uh, now I don't remember it anymore. Trot is a gait that all horses is doing, but they are doing it differently. So the, the animations are different for each horse. It's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And a lot of details. Yeah. But that's what makes it good. But that comes from the passion side of the people that are involved yeah. in the game itself. Uh, so most people working on the art side and uh, also on the animation side do ride horses. That would make sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not a requirement to, to start, but uh, it's. Uh, I, I think there's a joint sort of interest in riding the horse and also drawing the horse. Yeah. That makes total sense. But it's nice that they obviously you've got those passion weeks and you've got those passion Fridays. Is that like every Friday or is it like a monthly thing? Or We have uh, uh, the first quarter we have a passion week and then uh, I think it's a cadence with every third week that we have passion Fridays and then there are some passion Fridays after summer and then we have a week and then some more passion yeah. Fridays. So, it's like, so even though you've got these like specific slots, by the sounds of it, there is a culture of creativity outside of these passion yes, weeks exactly. anyway. So they're like very specific yeah. times, but it's not like... Yeah. And they are planned together with the roadmap for the game. So they go hand in hand. And a lot of times these yeah. specific dates incorporate yeah. things into the roadmap um, in between yeah. one to the next. Yeah. So, so uh, for example, they are also the horse team sometimes goes to uh, another stable. Uh, in just to, to look at live horses uh, so it's not only sort of uh, having yeah. things pop up in your mind and from remembering it, it's actually going out there and looking at the horse how it's moving and, and such so very cool well i think part of the question was also like how have you done it over such a long period of time so if you've got developers or animators making horses for 10 years i don't know if there's a developer here that's been there for that long but how do you keep their creativity yeah. within horses in the gameplay at all? And I would say that that ties it back again, because I mean, as we mentioned before, we're building our own engine, which can of course be tough, but it also gives us a lot of opportunities and we're building the tools around it. And all of these things combined means that if we're adding more features or new features or new ways of producing stuff in our engine and in our tools, that also gives opportunities to our creative side. And of course, we have discussions. What what are they asking for? What what are the needs? Uh, what do we need to build to to make this successful? Uh, and we have we are now on generation three of our horses. So if you go into the sort of the, our archives, there's a gen generation one and generation two. Uh, we have uh, in the roadmap we also have a layer that is called discovery. So we have started to uh, look at what is a generation four horse. And that is also part of the creativity. How, how do we evolve the different elements that are constant in the games? Um, and um, 
I think on, on the sort of the, the art side, we have done a lot uh, to improve the horse. Now it's more like the personality of the horse. How can we evolve that? And that, of course, bleeds into the animations because uh, uh, sort of should they be aggressive? Should they be shy? Should they be should they be in a different way? And that uh, will would be done expressed through animations, for example. Um, but we're also um, doing pets, for example, because uh, sometimes it's not that super fun to start with. There's another horse. Yeah, every time. Uh, so we also do other animations and also to, to learn about uh, new techniques with animation. Yeah. But there's also an MMO at the end of the day. So yeah. whether you're you know, creating horses, there's obviously going to be other characters in the game. There's like the world as well. That, you know, there's going to be elements of creativity around different zones and regions as well so obviously the festival so as a an opportunity to work at star stable yes horses are a big part of it but there is also an mmo it's a big map and there's still lots and stuff too uh from a creative aspect that can be addressed at the same time final question which will wrap us up nicely i think which is from star stable it i give what's next for star stable (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what's next uh, as in the game um, uh, I would say uh, uh, continue it, it, it is to continue doing the game and a lot of the things that we have talked about uh, um, to to get the game to more platforms to stabilize the different platforms so it it's a good experience for our players um, to get the new avatar out. Uh, and then uh, for next year and the coming years, it's, we will continue the story. Of course, there, there's a battle going on in Jorvik and we want to continue that story and see who wins and, and what happened. Um, there will be uh, more of the core foundation, but it will also be more new features. And what that is, uh, I, I won't reveal. Uh, and what is next sort of for, for uh, if we're doing anything else beyond Star Stable that I won't reveal either. So yeah. And that was from a Star Stable yeah. employee. So yeah. you can't tell us oh, that one. <laughs> and, 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 if, and if I take it back, since I love tech and take it from a tech perspective, of course, Next step for us is making the teams even more independent of each other so that they can start releasing more often and not so tightly coupled together because that will improve our speeds a lot and make it a lot more fun to work with as well. And uh, the second thing I want to add is that we have also uh, built and released a new data platform. So for the future, we will definitely look more on uh, data and make uh, all the decisions based on data, which I think is going to be super amazing. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time. And for anyone listening that's interested in applying for Star Stable, they've got an amazing jobs website and many open roles, which are always keen to check out. And you've listened here now that it's not just horses, there's so many other things that are going on within the game as well, from like technical challenges and the creativity of it all. So uh, thank you again. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you.